Hello and welcome back to Onboard and Sharing. We're so excited for you to be back with us and listening to different stories and helping you empower you and your family. So who do we have for today? So today we've got uh, two really good friends of ours, Brendan and Sonia. They are both freelance creatives in the video and graphic design space, amongst a number of other things. Photography, um, he is a boss at photography. Yeah, he's an incredible photographer, so go check him out. We'll probably link his Instagram stuff on this. And Sonia's, because she's an amazing freelance graphic designer. She yeah. is amazing. Anyway, so this uh, interview or this chat was all about a little bit of their journey from a bit before they fell pregnant, during a little bit of the birth, and then what their vision is for the future. And we'll definitely share their story a bit later on. We just thought that this was really cool information to have for someone who's either fallen pregnant or looking to fall or is fallen pregnant, rather. <laughs> yeah, it's always just nice to hear other people's stories and perspectives. And just so that you know that you're not crazy if you're going through, through something that you're not sure about. So we're just really excited for you to hear this one. There is going to be a part two of this, which would be good diving a little bit deeper into the birth story and all that stuff. Um, but this is just a sort of a bird's eye overview of the their general story. What were your biggest fears in falling pregnant um, and fears of being like a mom and a dad and stuff? Okay, so I think um, when we found out, obviously it wasn't, uh, we, want, we wanted kids, but we didn't know it was going to happen so soon. So um, I think the biggest fear was pretty much like the unknown. It was also like, for me, it was like financially, are we going to be able to afford having a baby? Um, it was very much like, yeah, just am I ready for this? And it's such a huge commitment, like... I, I guess it was just was it ever we both really happy. I was gonna say, did you guys get did you guys get to like a ah oh, my flip to yay, we're pregnant like instantly or was it like yeah. a flip of a coin or was it just like well fears first and then excitement? Um so I think like when I okay, first of all, Brennan thought I had a stomach bug. He didn't think I was pregnant. So I I had a feeling that I definitely was. So I uh, took the test. I didn't tell him I was taking it. Um, he knew I had it and I didn't tell him when I was going to take it. So I took it just before I was about to shower and it was immediately positive. And I just had a mini freakout session on my own. I like almost jumped around the bathroom a little bit and I was like, okay, I'm going to shower. I'm going to calm down and then I'm going to break it to him. <laughs> so I kind of had some time to process it. And then I think he had the same free guard session as soon as I told him. Um, so yeah, we definitely had a little bit of a free guard session and then it was a bit mind boggling, but then we were very happy quite quickly because I think we both, we both wanted it and it was like in our plan and we had it said, like, if it happens, um, you know, we won't be upset. We'd actually be happy about it. So yeah, we had actually kind of chatted about it beforehand. You know, what if, mm. so yeah. Decided ahead of time. So it wasn't a surprise, but it was a surprise. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it was a surprise. <laughs> it was. We kind of thought that we were only going to get pregnant in like two years. Mm. And well, it was going to take Sonia like two years to get into the zone, you know. Her well, right, you the so your yeah, so the whole mm. there's a whole backstory behind like how this happened. Um, 
I was uh, diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And my gynecologist said to me that, you know, sometimes it can take a while for people who have been on the pull, because like I had, I had been on the pill for about 10, 10 years. It can take a while for them to actually feel pregnant. And so if we are thinking about falling pregnant, we should probably um, stop the pill two years beforehand. And because of the virus and everything, I was like, okay, maybe it's a good time now to stop it. And then I can kind of get into be at home and yeah, kind of just uh, get into the, the back to the natural routine and um, like rhythm and flow and everything. So um, I was trying to trying to do that. And I actually didn't know, I thought that my period had just gone away because of my polycystic ovarian syndrome, which had happened before. Um, I had no idea that it was because I was pregnant. And also my cycles were all off. Um, we were tracking cycles and I, they were all off because of going off of the pill and my body not um, immediately like going, going to a normal, um, a normal cycle. So yeah, so basically that's why it was such a surprise for us is because we kind of expected it to take a lot longer than it did. Mm. So as a girl, it's always like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. And then the excitement and then the questions and then like the mind fog. Brenda, what was it like for you? Like, what is it like for a guy hearing that your wife's pregnant? <laughs> I wasn't expecting it at all. I thought, uh, I thought that Sonia was sick, as she said. And usually like when we make, when I make big decisions in my life, usually I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> And I've asked people for advice and I listened to some advice and I like kind of make my own decision. But in this one, I, I didn't have any of that. Like I hadn't had a long period of time where I thought about it. It's just like arrived suddenly and I had to accept it. Um, yes. So I can, uh, the best way I can describe it is that like, do you remember back in the old days with your windows computer, you had to defrag your hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you watch you get you like your hard drive is is your hard drive is um like in some way corrupted or there's like data that's just gone missing or files that are broken and you click defrag and it takes like a couple hours and it sorts out the hard drive and it fixes the files and repairs all the permissions and stuff and the next morning when i had time to process it i just went outside and i defragged my brain <laughs> on the balcony and i just like was accepting the responsibility and yeah brendan actually said to me like something really strange has happened to my brain i feel like it completely rewired yeah. and like i feel like it literally feels to me like my whole yeah my my brain completely rewired itself so i thought oh that was kind of interesting an interesting way of putting cool. it yeah i got really excited after that and then yeah, like I, that, that excitement doesn't leave you. Like even after the birth, I'm still excited that we have a baby. I still am like keen to see what she's going to do in the next couple of days because every day it's like more surprises arriving. Each each day is new, you know? Yeah, you basically like you jump into this like world of the unexpected. That's what basically happens. Yeah, you think you kind of have the, the moment of birth in your head. Like that's going to be the biggest deal. But that is like nothing. It's like just the same way that your wedding day is not even yeah. indicative of the rest of your marriage. It's actually, there's all this prep, and rightly so, for the birth. But then 
yeah, it's like, it's just going to be like an ongoing thing for many, many years. So it's quite, it's quite interesting that you prep so much for this one day, like your wedding, and then you have to prep for actually like being a parent and dealing with like the day to day and yeah, all that. That's such a good answer. I actually like it's, yeah. it's, it almost paints like a romantic picture that you fall in love with your or fall in love with being a parent every day. Mm. That's cute. Yeah, yeah that's true. Oh, you That's guys true. are like the picture-perfect family right now. <laughs> <laughs> so were there any fears leading up to the pregnancy? Like, did you hear any perspectives that, like, frightened you? And how did you deal with that? And if someone was going to fall pregnant, how did they kind of protect themselves from getting these perspectives in their head and kind of ruining their journey? Yeah, I mean, I got that, I felt like I was a bit bombarded by those, to be honest, because every single person that I spoke to, I mean, neighbors, it was like, everyone in my circles, um, I hadn't really, none of my friends had fallen pregnant yet. So I didn't have like, um, too many people around me. I think Brendan's sister was the only one that had actually gone through it already. <laughs> Mila agrees. Um, and yeah, so basically, like every single person that had wanted a natural birth in South Africa had ended up in an emergency C section. Yeah. Um, there was always like traumatic stories, and it was kind of like very, it puts a lot of fear um, in the idea of wanting to take ownership of your own birth and, um, well, yeah, of your, of your baby's birth. And <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it was a lot of fear around it and just a lot of um yeah like there's a lot of um uh i guess in our generation just a lot of fear about natural birth and things going mm. wrong and um and my advice to anyone who is pregnant it would be that the choices that you make during your pregnancy are so important um, and they are what's going to lead to the pregnancy or the pregnancy journey and the birth journey that you'll eventually end up with so um like if you just let things happen to you and you don't take the control um that's that's how you're going to end up in a situation where you don't have control and then it, there's a lot of like postpartum depression that's linked to that because yeah you feel like you've just been placed in a situation and it was so different in your head to how it actually turned out so I was really lucky that all the stars kind of aligned and I was just kind of introduced to the right people at the right time. And I made my way to finding a midwife and making the choice to go the midwife route um, instead of a hospital route, um, or I would say the more common route in South Africa, which is having a gynae and um, yeah. And, and just like being more informed. I also, one of the podcasts that I had listened to before becoming pregnant was uh, deliciously Ella's podcast and she had recently had a home birth and um, she speak, spoke a lot about her experience and I just I kept feeling like that is what I want that is the kind of birth that I want you know someone with a, a doula um, a home birth you know, empowering birth um, and just something that was different to all the people that I'd seen or that I knew of in South Africa that had had these very traumatic births so yeah, that was kind of like the journey before even becoming pregnant is that I knew that I wanted something different. So who decides the birth and how? <laughs> like who decides um, we're going to do C-section, vaginal or uh, natural? Or was it a decision? So, 
Well, okay. So if you're asking like in terms of the couple, like yeah. it should always be the, the woman, like the lady who decides how she wants her experience to happen. But even if you make those decisions, yeah. you probably will, baby, won't have an idea of, to of be honest. yeah, the baby is the one at the end of the day who decides how they're going to come out. Yeah. And how they and that could, that could mean like, a, that could be an emergency C-section for some. Yeah. So, so I'll just the ask, question. I'll just ask a different question: Is what led you to your pregnancy and birth? Like, how did you get to that point? Did you start off with the picture in your mind, or was it always you want to do natural? And did you figure out your route on the way, or what? What was it? So, um, I think I I had a, a gut feeling of what I wanted. So I did want um, a natural birth, like I had said, uh, or I'll say again. Um, I had listened to a podcast by Deliciously Ella and um, she had this home birth, she had a doula, she had a midwife and that just sounded to me like it was just what I wanted as well and it's kind of like um, what I really felt would be the best for me and my body and my baby um, and then I just I I just felt like the the first thing that you do is you go to a gynae um, and so I went to my gynae and then I kind of was pushed down this path of being in a hospital and having a gynae and booking a date and, you know, if you can have a natural birth or not. And there's not really much discussion around it. It's just kind of like, I just felt like I was kind of put into a situation like this. And I just, something was bothering me the whole time. Like I felt like there wasn't a lot of talking space um, and so I had actually contacted one of my friends who um, is a yoga instructor and she had, I knew that she had had an, a birth at Genesis and um, which is like a birthing clinic and um, she had a natural birth. So I just asked her, you know, what would you recommend? You know, who was your doctor? And she just said to me, look, I really think that you should um, join this WhatsApp group. And it was like a pregnancy yoga group. And on that group, there were just so many like-minded people that just were speaking about midwives. They were speaking about um, you know, all these natural births, beautiful birth stories, um, difficult birth stories, but ones that also, you know, the, the control was in the hands of the mother. So I just thought that that was a really beautiful journey. And um, I thought you know, I, I, I'm going to just meet with a midwife and see what it's like. So I got um, some recommendations of midwives and um, the one that came out as just really, really highly recommended by so many people um, was Sharon Marseille. So we went to go meet with her and um, she just had a completely different approach to anything that I had experienced up to then. So she just like asked so many in-depth questions. She made me think about things so much more. She made me almost feel a little bit like, oh my word, um, what am I doing? Why haven't I prepared more for this? Or, you know, I did feel a little bit like I was in the principal's office and on that first meeting, but it made me just realize that this is my choice and my decision and um, I need to take ownership of it. And if I don't do that, I'm just going to be herded into a direction that I don't want to be. So, so that's kind of how I, yeah, I came to, um, to find out about the midwifery route over the 
um, gyne uh, root, which was, yeah, which is the normal kind of the go-to in South Africa. Um, so, yeah. And how, what, what was your yeah. feeling walking through like Genesis and going through when you were able to go get closer to your birth? Like, what was it like walking through Genesis? Was it like a, a home feel or was it like, I can do it here? Um, yeah, I think it was overall quite relaxed. It felt like very relaxed and positive. And I liked the fact that it was so small, especially because of COVID. Um, I had a lot of fear that Brendan wouldn't be allowed to be with me I heard such so many stories about husbands who just weren't allowed to be there with their wives and um, I wanted him to be a part of this journey and you know I, I really felt like it was important and so yeah um, I felt a lot more comfortable being there and just like at ease that it's you know it's like a, a safe environment in terms of there's like um, a lot of doctors, there's nurses, there's people around you all the time that are going to be able to um, assist if anything goes wrong, especially because it was a it was a first time birth. I wasn't confident enough to have like a home birth. And it felt like this was a really awesome middle ground where it feels like you have ownership of your birth, but also um, you have the support around you that if, if it's needed, you know. And the one, the people that have had bad experience did they ever go through genesis or was that through like no midwives was it all through like the hospital route and medical gynees and whatnot yeah what i what i kind of just i got from a lot of people's stories is that they all wanted a natural birth they always they always said yes they went to the gynee and they said i want a natural birth and the gynee was like okay cool that's fine but then as soon as it kind of led up to the point of having a natural birth it was always like oh no we're not going to be able to because it's too far down the line or there's too much risk involved or your dates just kind of don't work with the natural like we can't wait that long or you know it was always like some kind of reason for why they couldn't have a natural birth and it felt to me like this is not all gynees at all like I'm not saying that this is what they Mm. do but it felt to me like priority was not to be there for the natural birth. The priority was just to have a safe birth and the safe birth is what they know, which is to, yeah, basically um, C-section is w- w- what they specialize in. So mm-hmm. for them, they're kind of just taking out the risk um, of all the risks involved in a natural birth. And it feels to me like their um, experience is a lot more with C-sections and maybe not as many natural births. Um, but you know, then again, I'm, I'm only taking this from a small sample of stories that I've heard. And, um, I just, there was just a lot of trauma because I feel like even though these people all wanted a natural birth, none of them prepared themselves for what a cesarean would look like and what a natural birth would look like. And they didn't prepare around what could go wrong. Um, and I think the, the nice thing about Sharon specifically was that we really were made to prepare for every single kind of birth and kind of I think that just helps a little bit with any trauma um, or Mm. any feeling of lack of control because you're able to mentally prepare for whatever the outcome is going to be definitely I think I I think that's also why it's such a high rate in South Africa that there's more cesareans than there is birth uh, birthing natural birth who else next one yeah um 
So of the, the day of when you knew it's like, this is the day, what are some of the sort of standout moments for, for you guys? I mean, maybe Brendan can share when he gets back, but things that stand out during the day. Sheesh, it is, it's kind of like, it is a bit of a blur um, because it's almost like you cross over. Well, for me, I kind of felt like I was in this really weird space, like high basically all the time throughout this whole thing. So time is kind of time, the concept of time just disappears. And um, things that really just stood out for me was, I guess, the fear. So what happened was my contractions were... Um, regular and um they were getting closer and closer together and i think when i called sharon to tell her that look i think i'm in labor i was so afraid that i was calling and it would be like a false labor and like i would get everyone like at two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning to genesis and it was not nothing you know so i think as soon as i phoned i remember all my contractions just kind of stopped and then I was panicking. I was like, oh no, now I've gotten all these people that are going to come and <laughs> meet me at Genesis at like a weird hour of the morning and it'll be for nothing. And um, I think that that fear was like a moment where I was like, oh my word, I really, I remember that. Um, I remember also trying to keep the contractions going in the car, so in the backseat of the car. So I was like sitting backwards facing the back of the car um, and trying to like be in a headspace where I wasn't going to be distracted by all the lights um, and you know well it was the street lights because it was it was still dark but I was like really trying to um, be in the zone and um, yeah other, other, other moments like one of the moments that I really remember is looking at Brendan and he was literally falling asleep standing up because I had had such a long labor uh -huh. he his eyes were closing and he was standing up and I was like oh my word Sonia you have to get out of your like zone of being high and just now focus because you can't keep Brendan like this <laughs> in this state because he had just been like by my side for hours and hours and hours and um, I think I was, yeah, I was just in this like land, cloud land, cloud nine kind of land. And I needed to like focus and get these contractions, like basically be involved in my, my own labor. So I've heard a lot of um, first time moms say that they experienced a similar thing where you kind of like live in this like weird space. And then you realize that, oh, you have to actually get involved and like, switch on and I think that was a moment that I really remember because that was the moment where I was like okay come we're going outside we're walking around the parking lot we're gonna try and make these contractions work um and yeah my midwife and Dula also had a lot to do with that because they would give me little pep talks every now and then and just be like you have to uh it's up to you when when this happens so yeah these are kind of moments that I remember and obviously the moment of giving birth um but I don't know if that's included in your question yes yes <laughs> yeah. tell us tell us um, yeah so basically yeah a moment which really stood out for me was um the 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 pushing phase and just um how yeah I I just had all this I had all my contractions with my back and suddenly 
when it got to the pushing phase, all of those contractions just disappeared and my whole body relaxed. So it was very a very different sensation to what I was expecting. I was expecting like this ring of fire. I was expecting like this adrenaline. And I just was in this relaxation mode. And in this mode, I actually needed to push. So it was kind of like an experience that, yeah, I wasn't expecting. And um, it was stressful because I knew that the baby was under pressure because now she was kind of all squished in the birth canal and she needed to get out and I was just pushing and pushing and it was it was kind of it was actually like quite a scary moment because her heart rate was dropping and I just thought I've come all this way and now to have a c-section now because I'm unable to push her it was quite a hectic moment um and it actually turned out that she had the cord wrapped around her neck and she had her her fist under her chin and that's why I had really struggled to 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 push her out and yeah in the end that was like a really hectic moment and in the moment when she actually came out obviously that's like one of the moments that you'll never forget like just looking at Brendan's face looking at this baby's face and just there's just so much about this I, I, I need a whole podcast episode just to speak about that moment I think the time stand still for you like as you were giving birth the time just like paused, and it was just like nothing but just that moment of you giving birth for you definitely it wasn't just the giving birth moment it was yeah the whole labor experience it felt like it felt like a month had gone past it was really strange like this concept of time didn't exist and it felt very much like you're on a different well, for me, it felt a lot like I was on a different plane, like a different planet. And um, yeah, you literally, you. I think Brendan felt the same way. He also felt like totally in a different zone, like mm. very much like that feeling of being high, but obviously just on uh, hormones and all the different, you know, adrenaline and all kinds of things like that. Did you ever get tired? Like, because I think your labor was 14 hours, wasn't it? yeah so um I think it was I'm actually I think it was 14 hours yes like it's funny how your yeah, the whole thing about your brain forgetting um things luckily I wrote everything down afterwards but um yes you, you get extremely tired by that point like that last pushing phase you are exhausted like I you feel like you've run 10,000 marathons and nothing prepares you for the just the the strain that your body goes through and you can't really like like you have to keep eating during this whole process and I yeah this whole the birth story is a whole other story it's insane we're gonna have to like maybe at the end like do your whole bit or record another time where you can just tell us from like when you went into labor and leaving the hospital with your baby (laughs) Cause it's a good yeah because it's going to take a whole yeah it's a good story it's going to take a whole hour to explain that but yeah but I've written it all down which I think is really important um because otherwise you do you completely forget about it like literally a few days later I had already forgotten certain things that um only came, came back to me when I really forced myself to sit and think about them and think about everything step by step hmm Hormones, eh? Yeah. We've, we've had the opportunity to sit with Sharon a couple of times now. And a lot of the things that you're saying are highlights and important points to do. And things are things that mm-hmm. she speaks about all the time, um, like the writing down, mm-hmm. which is so important, um, and journaling together and all that. 
but then something she also asks a lot is or brings up a lot is do you even know what or she what she, the way she what she asks people is do you know what your parents and grandparents had in terms of birth and so i mean what was do you know your family history of birth yeah so that was actually something that i also found really interesting because it's something that we just don't ask or don't discuss like i never thought to ask about the specifics of my birth um to my mom and i mean brendan the same with his mom and um yeah both i mean brendan um brendan's mom had a natural birth my mom had a natural birth um and yeah we did we found out about the histories and it was just really interesting and it actually was quite encouraging because you think you know all those women were able to, I mean, my mother who has got, you know, I've got her genes, I've got her body type. Um, I, she was able to do it, you know, on her own. And so there's no reason for my body not to be able to do it. Um, and I think the, that fear that, that I think our generation has about um, not knowing whether you'll be able to, um, that kind of is able, you know, dismisses it a little bit because you're, you're now aware that your mother who yeah is basically the same same gene same body type um usually the baby is pretty much the same weight um yeah it uh, she's able to do it so did i answer that yeah is there anything perfect perfect what was things that you remember specific memories of the birth like what were the what are standout moments of the day um it was like a it was i don't want to say like it was like a marathon as well for me like mm. just not just as much as sonia but like it was like we woke up super early in the morning and then from there we were i remember almost everything in vivid detail from like the whole day like i remember falling asleep because I was so tired. Like I, I remember like running out of food for Sonia, but I guess the most incredible things were like, I saw a part of Sonia that I'd never seen before because I'd never like been to CrossFit with her or been to war with her. <laughs> and like, I, I saw this like warrior inside of Sonia, like a Samoan, like chief, it was hectic. <laughs> like you, you see a side of a woman that you will never ever see until she gives birth again. So it's that was very intense. And then I also remember like when she gave birth, I don't know how detailed she was when she told you, but she was literally on top of me when she gave birth. Um, she, she like had got to a place where she was like on her back on my chest Mm. And I had a one knee in my right arm and a, the knee in my left arm. And I was pulling her back like that. <laughs> and she gave birth like that on the floor, on top of me. Yeah. So, yeah, that was insane. And then I remember the adrenaline afterwards, because like the whole night I was awake after that. Um, it was the middle of winter in Joburg. And that day it started raining, like just before Mila was born and I remember like packing up all of the things from Genesis like 
we had taken this big water bath and we had taken three bags and towels and all these things. And we had to clear the room out after we'd given birth. And I was literally in a t-shirt and like board shorts. And I was carting this stuff outside in the freezing rain, not feeling a thing, just like full of adrenaline. It was yeah. insane. Yeah. And how has it changed yeah. your relationship? Um, it's like definitely a test for your relationship. Like um, you have to like have a lot more patience with each other and with the baby. So like your relationship does get put to the test, you know, if that makes sense, because now you have this whole other thing to, to deal with and you kind of all of your own time as a couple and your own time as an individual, like kind of like melts away. Mm. Well, I mean, when she goes, when she goes to, to sleep, like when Mila is napping, we have time for ourselves and we do like do stuff in that time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I would say it's like made our relationship richer because there's this new entity in our life that we both care about as much as we care about each other. If that makes sense, probably yeah. even more than we care about each other. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like, completely different i feel like mila's always been with us like when when we had all these holidays before i can't picture her not being there because she's just like such a fixture in our lives yeah yeah it's 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 like indescribable it's 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 very taxing on you as an individual and your relationship but at the same time it makes everything better and richer and more meaningful so it's a balancing act kind of Oh, that's a cute way of saying it, Brenda. <laughs> I love that. And how did you, how did you as a husband get involved in the pregnancy? Because generally it's, everything is happening to the woman. So how did you feel involved? How did, how were you involved? Yeah. Uh, when that, uh, so a lot, I think a lot of it came down to the way that Sonia chose to give, give birth, which was the natural route with the midwife. And we kind of, I don't know if she explained any of this earlier, but at the beginning we were going the hospital route. So we saw a gynecologist and we were doing scans. And in that environment, I felt so detached. I wasn't allowed to be in the same, it was partly because of COVID, but I wasn't allowed to be in the room when they weighed her or they did an examination on her. I was only allowed in the scans. And even when I was in the scans, I couldn't be next to her. I had to be on the other side of the room looking at the screen. So I just felt in a hospital environment, they make no space for the man. And he's kind of like, why, why are you here? What are you doing here? And you have no business. And all of our friends who had had a hospital birth said the same thing to me as a dad. They said, you don't have much to do on the day. Uh, so just support her. And if she screams at you, take it and all that stuff. But that's not true at all. Like, on the day I was Sharon, obviously our midwife had given me all these things to do and I was busy the entire day, but like I felt a part of the birth because of her philosophies about giving birth as the dad, you are the oxytocin, oxytocin provider on the day of the birth for the mother. So the mother needs to secrete oxytocin versus cortisol and adrenaline because those are bad pregnancy hormones. They're useful, but 
or the oxytocin is going to give her the pain relief and going to like connect her to the baby and all that stuff. So as the dad, if you are there and you are feeding her oxytocin the whole day and like playing the music that she likes and being part of the birth and supporting her and loving to her, then it's going to make the experience easier for her. So I had a lot to do on the day. I was incredibly involved and Sonia couldn't have done it without me. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. But during the pregnancy, how did you, how did you bond? How did you feel like you were pregnant too? (laughs) And not just so. I went to everything that I could go to. So like all of the antenatal classes I went to like, there was even a course that I had to do by myself with the midwife. All of it is on Sharon. She makes the husband feel so involved in the process. And uh, you have to be be reciprocal. So like you really have to show interest and you have to, I'm not going to say that I was the only dad at those things, but oftentimes it was, I was just the only dude there. And like, I felt uncomfortable sometimes, but like, that's how I was involved and that's how I was supporting. And I just wanted to make sure that she made the decisions at the end of the day. Right. But I wanted to be there with her to talk about the decisions and find out what's going on. And because I could see that like pregnancy is an incredibly daunting thing for a a woman and to go through it alone, to go through all those antenatal classes alone without anybody to talk through your thoughts and your feelings. It's like, you don't want that, you know, you want, you want someone. And if you do all the groundwork in the beginning, if you go to all those meetings, you understand everything that's happening. You are by no means prepared for birth or being a parent, but you've both been through those things enough that at least you have each other. So mm-hmm. even if you feel like you're unprepared, you've got support. And that's, I felt supported by Sonia. And I think oh, hopefully she's felt supported by me as well. Um, how has your work impacted being a parent and how do you find the work-life balance? Like when did you guys decide your, your paternity and maternity leave and when was the deciding point where you want to go back to work? I think that was the most difficult thing for us to decide because in some sense, like we never really went on leave. We had this very big project leading up to Sonia's birth Luckily, we could both work on it. It was like something that that I could manage when she couldn't manage it. Um, But yeah, I think if I could do it again, and if I could do that again, I would do that. That was the worst. Like we we should have had a time where we were, we both had leave and we were both not doing anything. Um, But yeah, it was, that was, that's the most Picture, yeah. Picture thing, yeah. So, so just to give some context, um, Brendan and I are both freelancers, and we were we agreed to work on this project together. Um, but it was with a client from Dubai, so our hours were a little bit different, and um, some of the work relied very heavily on me. Um, and so we didn't really have maternity and paternity leave. Um, we were kind of just like juggling you know this job between both of us and then eventually when the you know when Mila was I think two weeks or three I don't know if it was yeah two weeks or three weeks old the 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 job ended and we finally had a chance to kind of just reflect and have some time off and um, we just realized that 
it was yeah a very hectic time and we should have um possibly done it a bit differently but i guess we as freelancers we didn't really have a lot of choice and also it was during covid time so yeah we just i think the positive thing is that we both work from home we both um can choose our projects um and that gave us a lot of flexibility in terms of um yeah when we were going to take leave and you know if we wanted to not do as much work one week we'd we'd kind of like yeah give ourselves that time and then like you you uh, it sounds hectic but like you will always find time like babies don't require your attention 24 hours of the day so you will still have time when they're sleeping to do stuff that you didn't get to do at the time when Mila was born I had opened a film lab in Joburg and we were becoming like incredibly busy like right after Mila was born and all of the equipment was with me so I was working until like one or two o'clock in the morning sometimes while Sonia was fast asleep with Mila and then yeah like you you do have those times but you know it's all about balancing and then after after the time that I was working that that late I was like okay I need to find a new balance where it works in favor of me as well so I guess like to answer your question the work-life balance is not doesn't exist I think it's just like I think I don't think it is a, an existing thing for even people for people who don't have kids I think that um it's kind of just like just different phases of your life I suppose and just finding new ways of dealing with it because every week is different like with a baby you never know what they're going to be going through and if they're going to be sleeping and it's kind of like you just have to take everything in your stride and just make it work and just make it work for you guys. So like if someone else gives me advice about different like sleep times and stuff, that's not necessarily going to work for me in the same way it works for them. So I think it's just kind of like trusting your gut and instinct and also just being open to this baby is like a little human in themselves. They're not going to go according to your schedule and your rules. So you just have to kind of like work around it and just realize also that you're not going to maybe get everything done all the time and in the perfect way and sometimes you know your priorities are going to shift and change and just be at peace with that and give yourself some slack like you're doing the best you can I think that's would be my advice is just just going with the ebbs and flows and um yeah not being hard on yourself if if say you weren't super productive in one day um or yeah, that kind of thing. So I think we, we're in a very specific kind of situation that maybe it's, it's, we're very fortunate to be able to be here with her all the time. I know some people would be going to work and that's a whole other discussion, you know. And also like, it, it, like uh, we were lucky in the fact that Dubai, most of the people on the team were parents. So they were like incredibly understanding if we like missed a meeting because Mila had to it was sick or something like that so more often than not if there's people in your team or in your profession who are parents they'll be a lot more understanding if you drop a couple of balls with a newborn because everybody drops balls with newborns nice and and proper balls because they don't hold things well (laughs) (laughs) yes lol um okay so is what is your guys' vision for your family in the next few years? And obviously you guys have traveled now from South Africa to the UK to just 
start well what was your what was your vision for your family and what why are you out of South Africa now and now not two years ago um we actually did plan the trip two years ago funny that you asked um but like way before COVID we even bought plane tickets to come to the UK for a whole year and at that time I think the idea was just to travel around UK and like have a gap year of sorts but like with us as a couple then COVID happened then we had a baby we we, we had to like kind of make difficult decisions when we had her and we just thought it was a good idea to at least experience life somewhere else before we committed to living in a specific place so our decision now is motivated by the future of our child and not our future because we are kind of like away from all of our work and we're away from all of our family and friends so like kind of when when the baby is born your life is no longer about you your life is 100 now about your child and yeah it was a difficult decision to make but i think it's 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 going to be better in the future and our vision for for mila is to have a a life where she's close to us and hopefully close to family but also you know a, a lot more free as a as a kid to go outside and not have to worry about things i have a yeah i have something to add to that so for me just um the the traveling part is also just like a bit of like time of exploration and a time for Brendan and I to really soak in Mila and how you know she's growing so quickly we want to be there we want to be present for like every moment and I think also like experience this new world that she's seeing through her eyes and like be able to grow close as a family and have like really special memories you know so I think for me that was really important yeah that's also for us to both be here with Mila like she already has a relationship with me that's different to her relationship with Sonia and we're lucky in that way because some people have to go to work in the morning we still have to work but we're here with her you know and we can we can interact with her at least I can interact with her a lot of dads don't get to interact with their babies like shortly after they've been born they'll probably get like two weeks paternity leave Anyways, yeah, so that, that's, that's most important. I want Mila to have a very strong relationship with us and I want her to feel like we're here for her because that's basically why we, we came all the way across the world is for her. Yeah, and yeah, it's just, I think it's, it's also just an adventure as a family and bonding time. And um, I think like our vision is just, yeah, to basically just keep exploring and growing together and staying connected um, without you know living our separate lives too much you know being able to I think being present is is the biggest thing for me and it helps that you both are super creative I mean can you imagine what your child's going to be experiencing in the next few years and the photos that you're going to be showing us in the next few years she's going to be the most she's going to be the most documented child in the world I'm sure Yeah. It's a pity she's not going to remember. She won't remember this. any of this, yeah. But I think it does lay some kind of foundation for the kind of freedom and life that, you know, we we think. And also to, like, value specific things. So, I mean, we obviously really value our relationships with our families and friends. 
Um, yeah. And just like, I think we are realizing the importance of those relationships as well. And, you know, how to bring that back into Mila's life and make sure that she's experiencing this beautiful, big, wide world in a, in a really open way, but also, you know, staying connected to where she comes from and, you know, her family and friends and that kind of thing. And I love it that she's you guys are experiencing what she's looking at in her eyes rather than just like you guys traveling and looking at things differently. Exactly. It's so beautiful. I was going to say it's a different way of traveling because, you know, you can't do everything. You can't be super quick and you actually have to slow down and take in like the simple things and it makes you travel in a completely new way. And it's actually been um, really interesting and um yeah a really like special special time for us and how has it affected you guys in terms of being in South Africa having help and now being on your own in this big world <laughs> we were quite we were kind of like um I wouldn't say lucky <laughs> but we had like a crash course in looking after Mila for the first two weeks while she was alive, which for me was a lot more stressful than, than now because Sonia's parents literally got COVID like a couple of days after Mila was born. And they had seen us and they had seen my parents. So for two weeks after that, we isolated from everyone. We didn't see my family. We didn't see Sonia's family. And it was just me, Sonia and Mila. And looking back on it, I'm grateful so much that that happened because it kind of like put up the foundation for us now. Like she's a lot more manageable now than she was when she was a week old because when they're week, uh, like a week old, they have to feed every three hours and we have to wake up in the middle of the night and change a nappy because she's, yeah. Anyways, and now she's in a routine and it's, it's, it's easier on us, but at the same time, we don't have that support anymore. Yeah, I think I think it's never it's never like easier because things just change. Like now she's mm. a lot more active. She's almost crawling. She's got she's teething. So it always changes. And I think um, not having the support, it's just not having that break. You know, where you can just kind of go and have a long bath or like do something. I mean, Brendan and I try to give each other that by taking her and taking responsibility for her for about like an hour or so so that the other person can do whatever they want to do like if I want to do a yoga session and Brendan wants to take some photos we'll we'll give that to each other but it's not as um as much as when the grandparents are around so we're learning like slowly but surely <laughs> we're learning slowly but surely to um yeah manage it every day and um our lives do look different but yeah we're just kind of going with the the flow for now i also this is probably completely wrong but i also felt like not detached but i didn't feel like as connected or as involved in mila's life when she was being looked after by everyone in the family you know because i didn't get my time with her and i didn't change an nappy and all that stuff so now that it's all on us again sorry yeah exactly <laughs> so now, it's your now that it's all on us again, yeah i feel I feel like she's like truly developing a bond with me and uh, truly developing a bond with Sonia. And like that she understands that I'm here for a different reason and Sonia's there for a different reason. She gets her food there. She gets the fun here. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. 
I think it's going to be so special when she does see family again. And I think Brendan and I will have like a nice date night or something. Yeah. I think we're definitely date week. Yeah. Yeah. Date week. We are missing the the help um, from family, but also, I mean, even just like cleaning and stuff. I mean, South Africa, we're so fortunate that we, we get a lot of help in general. And like, obviously in Europe, it's a completely different lifestyle. So we are kind of like just having to adjust to, to really um, balancing work, life and baby, you know, and relationship. And it's just like a lot like of, we don't have a dishwasher in this place. Yeah. So that's like, you know, even if you did want to do something like an hour of yoga, it's your turn to wash the dishes. So <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's constant. Every day is different. And some days you wake up and it's a hard day and some days you wake up and it was a brilliant day and yeah it just that's just the way it goes but also you'll see if you do have like a date night where like Milo was three months and we got had our first date night and while we were out we were missing Milo (laughs) (laughs) so like yeah even if yeah even if you do have a break from her you kind of don't want to break from her because she's your baby (laughs) yeah I remember you waking her up just so because you were missing her. Yeah. Yeah, I did not do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let us sleep. Let us sleep. <laughs> he has used her as like armor, like a, a machine gun. I mean, he's he's a unique dad. No, let's not uh, share that with the world, please. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, his reenactments of like different stories with Mila as his prop every baby needs to be used as a Scarface weapon at some point yeah yeah Yeah, exactly I've seen so many videos of poor kids being like being used as a weapon (laughs) but it's cute it's very cute but yeah um I think that's all the questions that we wanted to ask but thanks for sharing guys it was so much fun oh do you have a question I think Taz might do another deeper dive on the whole breastfeeding thing and the, the birth story mm-hmm. in a separate one. But it was nice to get like an overall story and share. I hope you got massive value out of that. I certainly learned something new that you actively have to be in labor, like be present in your labor. Who knew? I thought it just happened. <laughs> and I hope you got to enjoy um, little Mila in the background. Um, this is a real life story of a family who's overseas and just coping with family or parenting and yeah just looking forward to sharing some more with you on onboard and sharing